Welcome into Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Jay Zawoski with you here. Thanks again for tuning in. Thanks for joining me on Lockdown Blackhawks. Really appreciate the support so far. If you want to get in touch, very easy. Lots of options. Go to Twitter. Follow the account at LO underscore Blackhawks. Send an email to LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail 708-653-0572-708-653-0572. I think we're going to shift. This was actually suggested by a Locked On Blackhawks listener that maybe we should shift the mailbag segment away from Monday because we usually have a game or two to react to every weekend, and that's a really solid point. So trying to figure out the best way to do it, I'm thinking it might be Thursday night into Friday that I start doing mailbag segments because just sort of looking at the schedule, the Hawks seem to have a lot of Fridays off. So that might be the new way we do things. Um, So if you want to get those questions in, make sure you do it today. Again, LockdownBlackHawks at gmail.com or the voicemail 708-653-0572. I know Lockdown Blackhawks is a new podcast. I know that a lot of the listeners here may not know uh, what I do outside of here. I've told you before a few times about the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, which I've been doing for five years. You can follow that podcast, by the way, at Madhouse Pod on Twitter, and of course, subscribe anywhere you find your podcasts. But my career is I'm the executive producer at 670 The Score, Chicago's heritage sports radio station. I've been there for 19 years, and I've had the privilege of being able to cover all three Blackhawk Stanley Cups. Uh, I am a columnist for the website. So today, Wednesday, after sleeping on Tuesday night's loss to the Sharks, I don't like to react too emotionally. And if I'm going to say something big or I'm going to say something Um, that there's really no turning back from, I want to at least give it overnight to let it, you know, let it marinate a little bit, uh, let it cook in my head a little bit and let the emotions wear off. And as I woke up on Wednesday morning, my feelings hadn't changed. I, I, I led to it a little bit on yesterday's podcast, but I've reached a conclusion here and I do think it's time for the Blackhawks to fire Jeremy Colleton. And I said on Twitter today, I'm not a guy who's a hot take artist. I pr- actually pride myself in not doing that. I'm not big on clickbait. I think you guys have listened to this podcast. I haven't made up opinions. I haven't said things um, just to shake it up or to get clicks or to get listens. It's, it's not how I am because I feel like if I'm going to give you a podcast every day or in the case of the Madhouse podcast a couple times a week, I've got to be honest. I think that's the only way to do any sort of media. I hate the hot take artists around the world because I feel like they're not saying what they think. I feel like it's it's programmed disagreement. And I'm a guy who, again, for those of you that haven't followed me for a long time, I'm an eternal optimist. I will always give people the benefit of the doubt. I'll always give them maybe a little longer than maybe they deserve because I'm a big believer in the human element. I'm a big believer in... Um, you know, things are probably not as bad as we imagine them to be. But watching the Blackhawks this season, and Tuesday night really sealed it for me, something needs to change. And you can get mad all you want at the way the players have played, and that is totally valid. It's totally valid. The, the players have not been good. But when you look at the approach the Blackhawks have taken to this season, Tuesday night's game, 
They get outshot 26-8 throughout the first two periods. You've got skill players like Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Brandon Saad, Alex Dabrinkit, Dylan Strom. These guys who have proven they can score at the NHL level. Playing dump and chase hockey by design. They're not even being forced to play dump and chase. That's the system. And that's fine for your fourth line, but that should not be the approach of the entire hockey team. And one of the things I praised Jeremy Calton for last season was his ability to get the most out of people and utilize them in ways that really made sense. Eric Gustafson is a great idea or a great um, example. Joel Quenville didn't like Eric Gustafson, couldn't find a way to use him correctly. Calton came in and totally transformed Eric Gustafson from depth defenseman to power play quarterback, power play threat, offensive defenseman, valuable player. 60 points last year, right? This year, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if Calton is trying to train a compete level into these guys, but I feel like when you watch this team on the ice, you see a team that the coach has lost. They're not happy. They're not playing hard. They're not competing. And again, some of the blame for that, of course, goes on the players. Of course it does. There's no doubt about that. But it's happened so quickly. And we've seen little remnants and little mentions here and there. I played the Duncan Keith audio from the Spit and Chicklets podcast ad nauseum. Maybe I'll play it again just so in case you haven't heard it, where he pretty much criticizes Jeremy Colleton and his system. Duncan Keith did, by the way. I don't know if I said that. Brent Seabrook is pissed about the way his benching went down. And again, that benching was deserved. Brent Seabrook hasn't had a great year. But it's just very clear to me that Jeremy Cowton's grasp on this team is gone. There was a moment in Tuesday night's game where the camera focused on Patrick Kane. And he was so clearly irritated and annoyed. And yeah, he was having some trouble generating chances. Some of his shots were blocked, etc. But you can see these guys do not believe in this system. They have been totally stripped of the ability to create, to carry the puck into the zone, to play instinctually, and that's what Duncan Keith was saying. That's what he was saying with Joel Quenville versus Jeremy Colleton. These guys with the high skill want to be trusted to make choices, react on the fly. What you're seeing from the Blackhawks is a team that is clearly overthinking, not reacting, and just so damn committed to this stupid dump and chase that doesn't fit the team. I said it yesterday's podcast. To dump and chase, you've got to be fast or physical. The Blackhawks are neither. And again, they're not even forced to dump it in. It's just the offense they have. And every time they dump it in, the other team retrieves it and begins their possession the other way. It happens almost every time. And now you're seeing the visiting goalies adapt. Say, they're going to dump it in every time. I'm going to go behind the net. I'm going to intercept the puck, and we're going to get it out quickly. It's not hard to beat the Blackhawks. Pat Foley said it two or three times on Tuesday night. 
that the San Jose Sharks knew exactly what was coming. The last place team that had lost five games in a row knew exactly what the Blackhawks were doing. It's time to move on from Jeremy Calton. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. One of the best things about Joel is that he, for, for myself and for the teams we had, that he, he allowed us to, to play the game and not overthink it, you know, where I think sometimes the way it is now it seems like you gotta every every little situation is already played out for you you know laid out for you how to play it when to me hockey's it's got to be you got to be able to read and react and and think quickly and be natural out there and that's kind of what i appreciated about joel the most that's duncan keith on the spit and chicklets podcast i've played that a lot on this podcast and i will continue to because i think it's very telling since I heard that audio, I've really focused on the way the Blackhawks play, and uh, it has stuck with me, and I think it should. I think it's an important piece of audio. You hear him catching himself before he criticizes Jeremy Cowden, but it's sort of too late, and you can tell what he's saying about the way the Blackhawks' system is working for them. It's Jay Zawoski here on Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And I know you might be saying, okay, fine, you want to fire Jeremy Cowton. So what? So how does that work? How does that happen? Well, let me lay it out for you. Here's the bottom line of what I would do. First, I would fire Jeremy Cowton. Then I would name Mark Crawford, who's an assistant coach on the team right now, the interim head coach. That's a guy who will have the respect of the veteran players. It's a guy who's won before at this level. It's a guy with a big personality a guy who can command a room and a guy who has shown throughout his career that he can adapt his coaching style to the teams he's coaching. After that, I would not immediately fire Stan Bowman. And here's why. If you are firing Colin, which I believe you should do, what you're basically admitting is he's not getting enough out of the roster provided, right? You're saying, This team should be better than they're playing. We feel like your coaching style or your coaching system is the problem. Therefore, you're fired. Okay? Then, if things don't work out with Crawford, and if the season continues to go poorly, and look, I'm not saying I'm expecting Mark Crawford to be a Craig Berube and turn the team into immediate Stanley Cup contenders, but at least competitive at least in the games they're playing, at least convincingly winning a game or two now and again. They've got to look like a real NHL team. This is not one of the worst rosters in hockey. I refuse to believe that. So with that in mind, I'm not firing Stan Bowman yet. However, if the team continues to flop for the next, what is it, 70-some games, 60-some games of this season, Stan Bowman is fired The moment game 82 ends, and I am bringing in a new GM and a new head coach. I will give Stan Bowman this year to see if the roster he built is adequate enough to compete. And if it's not, he's fired. And here's the other thing. And I I failed to write this in my column, and I should have, and maybe I'll add it in. If you want to read that, by the way, 670thescore.com. I'll put a link to it in the description of this podcast as well. I'm not letting Stan Bowman 
once I fire Jeremy Cowden, Stan Bowman is not allowed to make any franchise-altering moves. He can make a tweak trade here and there, but I'm not letting him. Until this team proves, look, Stan Bowman was right. The free agents he brought in are good, and this team is better than they've played. Unless it's clear that Jeremy Cowton was the huge issue, and Cowton is an issue. There's no doubt about that. I think he's the biggest issue. Again, I think this roster is a lot better than it's shown. But if it proves that these moves, trading for Olimata, trading for Calvin DeHaan, trading for Andrew Shaw, et cetera, et cetera, if they don't improve this team like many of us thought it would, then it's done. Then I'm cleaning house at the end of the year. And I know the Scotty Bowman element of this plays a role. And it will be difficult for John McDonough to walk away from Stan and Scotty. But from what I understand, Scotty Bowman's day-to-day involvement with the organization is minimal. He's not in Chicago most of the time. He's an advisor, which is more of like, it's more of like an honorary role in his case where he's not really involved with the day-to-day. Something's got to give. And this team is crazy as Chicago went for the Blackhawks when they were winning, and rightfully so. I'm never going to, I'm never going to criticize someone for being a bandwagon fan. Sports are supposed to be fun. The Blackhawks were super fun when they were winning Stanley Cups, and I get why everybody jumped on. But it's super fragile. And if this team continues to tailspin, I don't know if it's ever going to get to the pre-Taves and Kane days of attendance, but that sold-out game record will be toast. And you'll have trouble moving tickets. And don't forget what we discussed last week. Very quietly, the Blackhawks announced that every game in November for 88 hours plan. That's not insignificant. I guess the better way to say that is that's significant. That's something I didn't think I would see, especially this soon. That tells you they're having trouble selling some tickets and filling some seats. And as much as they want to tell you, oh, yeah, you know, sold out, another sellout, constant sellout, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of empty seats. If you look up in the upper levels, you can see there's empty seats every night. Tickets might be sold, but people aren't coming to games. They're not buying merch. They're not buying parking. They're not buying concessions. It matters. And John McDonough is hyper aware of that. Trust me. Trust me on that one. He will make a change. He knows this is not the Chicago Cubs. This is not the Chicago Bears where people are going to stick around with the team forever. And again, last week when we talked about that ticket plan, I went on vividseats.com and I looked for Hawks tickets. Cheap. You can get in the United Center if you want to. If you want to come and watch the Hawks get circle skated around them by some of the weakest teams in the Western Conference, there are seats available for you. Something's got to be done soon. And someone emailed me the other day, over under December 1st for Jeremy Cowlton. At this point, I'm taking the under. Because tonight's opponent, Vancouver, is surprisingly really good. Then it's Pittsburgh, Toronto, Vegas, Nashville. You could be looking at, realistically, five games in a row the Hawks should lose. That's bad news. That would be November 17th. 
Oddly enough, yesterday, Wednesday, was the one-year anniversary of Joe Quenville's firing. Can you believe it's gone this quickly for Jeremy Cowan, a guy I had huge hopes for entering this season? It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Jay Zawoski with you here. It is time to go behind enemy lines and take a look at the surprising Vancouver Canucks. They are third overall in the Western Conference with 15 games played. They are 9-3-3 with 21 points. They're a plus 18 in goal differential, 6-1-3 in their last 10. On the other hand, the Blackhawks, 4-7-3 with 11 points in 14 games. They're 3-5-2. Over their last 10, they're a minus 11 in gold differential. When we look at the Corsi percentages, this is 5-on-5. Vancouver is 4th overall in 1st in the Western Conference with a 52.84 Corsi 4 percentage. The Blackhawks are 28th in the NHL and last in the Western Conference with a 46.69 Corsi 4 percentage. High danger chances. Vancouver is fourth overall with 11.21 high danger chances per 60. They allow a ninth best 9.18 against. The Blackhawks are 12th in the league with 9.8 high danger chances per 60. They are 30th out of 31 with 12.48 high danger chances allowed against per 60 minutes. Now to the scoring leaders for the Vancouver Canucks. Elias Pettersson through 15 games, has 6 goals and 14 assists for 20 points. Brock Besser in 15 games, 7 goals, 9 assists for 16. JT Miller, 15 games, 6 goals, 10 assists for 16 points. Bo Horvat, 15 games, 6 goals, 7 assists for 13. And 20-year-old defenseman Quinn Hughes in 14 games has 2 goals and 9 assists for 11 points. In goal, Jacob Markstrom is the starter. He's got... Five wins, two losses, and three ties with a 2.45 goals against and a .918 save percentage. And Thatcher Demko, the air quotes backup, is 4-1-0 with a 1.78 goals against and a .938 save percentage. So while we did behind enemy lines before the Sharks game on Tuesday, had to feel pretty good going into that one. This is going to be a big challenge for the Blackhawks. Hopefully getting back on home ice will inspire them a little bit to step it up, to play a little better, to play a little harder. And I think the response that we're going to see tonight will be telling. Has this team truly given up? This is the first time in this era of Blackhawks hockey where there has been real heat on a head coach. Yeah, there were some rumors and some people that knew what was going on in the organization, had some feelings that Joel Quenville might be on the way out. He was on a warm seat for a while, but over the last couple days, I have not been the only one turning up the heat on Jeremy Cowan, I promise you that. The problems here are glaring. They're very obvious to anyone who watches the games. Look, it's one thing to just lose, and you know what? They played hard, they were competitive, but they just came up short, they just don't have the horses. This team's getting embarrassed. Night after night, after night, by bad teams. If Tuesday's loss to to the Sharks was not alarming to you, I don't know what to tell you. There's no way a team in the state San Jose is in 
dead last in the Western Conference should be capable of putting that sort of performance up against the Blackhawks. With that win, the Sharks jumped over the LA Kings. They're now second to last in the Western Conference. They've got 11 points in 16 games. The Hawks have two games in hand on the Sharks. But guess what? The Hawks have lost twice to San Jose. So two of the Sharks' five wins have come against the Blackhawks. It's a problem. And if there is any hope for Jeremy Cowton to retain his job or to prove that he's not lost his team, tonight's game is going to be very telling. Maybe they don't have to win. Vancouver's one of the best teams in the Western Conference. So to expect the Hawks to win this game is probably a little unlikely and a little bit short-sighted. But they've got to compete. They've got to be in it. They cannot just be chasing the puck for 60 minutes like they have been. If this game looks like the Nashville game, I don't know. I don't know how like how how long do you wait? What's the point? What is the purpose of waiting any longer? There's nothing I've seen in-game adjustment-wise that's going to convince me that suddenly the Hawks are going to turn this around under Jeremy Colleton. I just I don't see it. I don't see it happening. And again, just sort of the body language of the team. They look resigned. Tuesday's podcast. When it posted Tuesday morning, I said how great of an opportunity it was for the Hawks to take five of the six, last six available points. They were up against a weak team, a team that was on the ropes, a team that was reeling, a team that was primed to be beat. And that was the effort they came out with. That is a huge problem. And again, I don't believe it's an issue of talent. Yes, they're a slow team. That's definitely true. They're a slow team. But it's not like Joe Thornton is out there tearing things up. It's not like Patrick Marlowe is a speed burner anymore. Yeah, they've got Eric Carlson and they got Logan Couture and they've got some fast guys on that team. But slow is not the problem against the San Jose Sharks. The compete level isn't there. The system isn't there. The answers aren't there. And I fear that tonight's game could be another really ugly one. And I don't know how many more ugly losses the Blackhawks, the fan base, or the management will be willing to tolerate. Thanks for listening to Locked On Blackhawks. Remember, we're going to probably move Mailbag Monday to Friday's episode. So I think it's going to be Mailbag Fridays now. It doesn't, it doesn't have the alliteration, which is kind of bugging me. I'm trying to come up with a creative name for maybe call it Fun Bag Friday or something. I don't know. If you got a clever name for it, hit me up, lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com, voicemail 708-653-0572. You can also record a voice memo on your phone there and just email it to lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com, and I'll get it there. Make sure you follow my personal account at jayzawaski670, and check out the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We'll have a new one coming for you on Friday. So lots of good stuff, lots of hockey content. And again, check out my article on 670thescore.com. The the link to that post is in the description of this podcast. So thanks again for listening. Let's hope the Hawks can get two points here tonight against the Canucks and get things going in the right direction. Let's hope. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Blackhawks. My name is Jay Zawoski. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.